0: Let's give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Let's take a few more moments and just give God some praise all across this house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody clap your hands and give God some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Is there anybody that's thankful that he sets you free? Hallelujah. Is anybody thankful that he sacrificed everything for you to be free? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen, amen. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord here, amen, on this Sunday afternoon. I mean, is anybody thankful to be in church? Praise God. Amen. Let's remember to pray for all of the saints of ARC. As you know, it's Labor Day weekend, amen. It's time to visit and vacation, amen. This this group here today, y'all are the diehards, praise God, amen. And so... Uh, you're in church in the house of the Lord, but uh, we want to pray for all those that are out and uh, vacationing and whatnot. We want to pray that God would give them an excellent time and a safe trip home in Jesus' name. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms and uh, our Sunday school teachers as well. I guess they'll be dismissed as well if we'll let the kids be by themselves. Hallelujah. Praise God. God bless our Sunday school kids and God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Judges, chapter 6. The book of Judges, chapter 6, and verse number 11. Praise God. Judges, chapter 6, and verse number 11. The Bible declares, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which was an Ophrah, that pertained to Joash, the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us. This is a question somebody might ask this week. Then why has all this befallen us? As if what you have gone through or what you're going through is any indicator on whether or not God is with you. Hallelujah. Let that just preach in your spirit for a moment. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end. Well, I'm going through it, pastor. Well, the Lord is with you. But Gideon said, if the Lord's with us, then why has all this happened? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of? Saying, did not the Lord bring us up from out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, And has delivered us into the hand of the Midianites and the Lord looked upon him and said go in this thy might you think he would have gotten rebuked but God said I like your way of thinking now use it go in this thy might and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites have not I sent thee and he said to him oh my Lord wherewith shall I save Israel behold My family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest to me. The Bible declares that he is threshing wheat at a wine press, hiding from the Midianites. Then I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. From survival to revival. Amen. From survival to revival. Would you set down your Bibles? And let's pray that the Lord would speak to us throughout this house. Hallelujah. I believe there is a mighty revival that's coming to you, amen, coming to your family, coming to your house. Hallelujah. Would you pray with us? Lord, we're asking God that you would speak to our minds, speak to our hearts, God. I'm asking that you would do a mighty work in this house. Hallelujah, God, that you would let us realize that there is more available, God, than maybe we have settled for, God. And I'm praying today that, Lord, you would help us to go after everything that is available to us in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, that feels good. Let's take a few more moments and just give God some praise and just give God some glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Jesus' name, from survival to revival. The Bible tells us that the family all the way back in Genesis that the family of Israel, all 12 tribes, before they were tribes, there were just about a handful of them. The Bible says in the book of Exodus there was only 70 souls by the time they went to Egypt, but they went into Egypt in a time of famine. The Bible declares they did this because they heard that there was corn in Egypt and they were doing their best to survive. Amen. Every time you see a famine, you will find people that are trying to survive. Little did they know, but their brother Joseph, who they sold many years ago as a slave, was now in charge of the food that was in Egypt. Their evil deed that they had done of selling their brother was now turned around for good by God, because that's how our God works. Joseph had a revelation. He said, what you meant for evil, God meant it for good. We know it from a New Testament context. We know all things work together for the good of those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. Let me just help somebody here today. Not all things are good. Let me help some folks realize that life is not as it's been sold amen, by uh, some charlatan preacher that everything is always good all of the time. I've come to tell you here today, that's not true. That's not reality. That's not life. Amen. Not all things are good, but we know that all things, whether they are good or whether they are bad, all things work together. And that equals good. I've come to help you. If you're serving God here today and you're in the midst of a mess and you're in the midst of a famine and everything's going bad, I've come to help you here today. It doesn't have to end bad because all things work together for good. Hallelujah. Joseph was divinely placed there, and the Bible says it was so that he could preserve life. Amen. It does not matter what people do to you, God converts those good those evil things to good things. Amen. This is why you got to keep serving the Lord through it all. The Bible declares: God sustained Israel and helped them to to survive, to, amen, Egypt, amen. But the Bible declares in the book of Exodus that they move into Egypt with 70 souls. And all is well. They're living in the land of Goshen. They've got food. They've got provision. All of this came from an act of survival that led them into this place. But a problem occurs in the first chapter of the book of Exodus when it declares that there arose a new king, a new pharaoh, this new king that knew not Joseph. He did not remember nor did he acknowledge the good that Joseph did all those years prior and now there's a new king that has rose up And he looks at the people of Israel not as those that helped them through a time of famine, not of those that made a way, not of those that are good for Egypt. But he looks at them like a pest. He looks at them as a problem. And the Bible declares he makes a plan. I see this enemy I see them, and I see them as a pest. I see them as a problem. I see them as an enemy. And this new king that knew not Joseph made it up in his mind, we're going to enslave the nation of Israel. See, God sent them into Egypt to survive. Amen. Their own hunger sent them into Egypt to survive. But if we look at it properly, they went into Egypt to survive, but they stayed too long and they became slaves. Because, uh, amen, there is an issue when you stay, uh, amen, too long in your provision. Uh, when you stay too long in one season, uh, amen, that season that was a blessing to you will become a curse to you if you don't move from the season you've been in to the season God has for you. Oh, somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, amen. Because I- Israel started mistaking their their, uh, their provision for their provider. They came in and they saw, amen, the corn of Egypt, and they started thinking that Egypt was our source of provision, uh, and now we can't leave Egypt because if we ever, if we ever leave Egypt, uh, we'll never have the provision again. Uh, if we ever leave Egypt, uh, we won't have the food we have. Uh, if we leave Egypt, we won't have the house we have. Uh, if we leave Egypt, we won't have the car we drive. Uh, And they started mistaking uh, the provision God was using uh, in one season. uh, And they started calling it their provider. Uh, I've come to help you here today. Uh, Whenever you start mistaking your provision uh, for your provider, uh, amen, our provider is Jesus. Don't ever get it twisted. Your job is not your provider. Uh, That's the provision, honey. Your boss is not your provider. That's the provision. Jesus is your provider. And he might use a job. He might use a boss. Or he might use a raven for Elijah. But God is your provider. God is your source. And don't ever get them twisted. Don't ever get them tied up. Because the moment you get them tied up, it leads you, amen, from the season of provision to a season of slavery. Hallelujah. I've just come to preach to somebody here today. Uh, God can bless you with a job because God's your provider. Uh, Amen. But the problem and the issue starts when we view our job as our provider instead of the provision that God has chosen to work with. Uh, I'm just using that one example. Amen. There's other things. They've looked at another person. Uh, Amen. That person that God brought into their life, uh, and they start looking at that person as if that person is God. Uh, Amen. I want to tell you here today, uh, love your spouse, don't worship your spouse, amen, God brought that in as an act of provision, uh, but that is not your provider. Uh, There's some people that got good hobbies, uh, and those hobbies are good, Uh, amen, those hobbies are going to help you, uh, amen, to sustain, uh, amen, a good mindset, Uh, but don't ever mistake that provision uh, as being a provider, uh, because God is the one, uh, amen, that gives you joy uh, after the darkness. Uh, God is one that wipes away all tears from your eyes, uh, and God's the one that gives joy, uh, Unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. That's why some people they start missing church for all sorts of things because they've been enslaved by their provision. Amen. Their search for survival has become their slavery. I came to preach to somebody today. I came to preach you out of slavery. I came to preach you out of survival mode. Hallelujah. God then sends Moses in to deliver Israel and the entire generation uh, is provided with manna in the wilderness for 40 years. They now leave that slavery season and they move into the wilderness. Amen. And the Bible declares they became satisfied with manna every day and for every meal for 40 years. They had moments where they were upset about it. Uh, Amen. But but now God is getting them. He's trying to lead them to the next season. Uh, He's trying to lead them to a land that, that, that is promised to them. A land that is flowing with milk and honey. Uh, a land that spies have already gone forth and seen. Uh, there are grapes uh, even that are giant uh, that it takes two people to carry. Uh, the provision uh, even for the next season is better than the provision in this season. Uh, there, are now, there are now houses you did not build. Uh, there are now farms that you did not plant. Uh, crops you will reap uh, that you did not sow. Uh, and God is trying to Lead them into the next season. But they got satisfied with manna in the wilderness because they thought the manna is our provider. Manna wasn't the provider, manna was the provision. Amen. Too many become satisfied with barely surviving. Uh, I want you to notice the way they were living. They were living just a, a little station above slaves. Uh, amen. As slaves they were given a, amen, a couple meals a day. Uh, amen. And now they're in the wilderness uh, and they're free to gather if they want to gather or not. That's the only difference. Uh, outside of that they are fed just enough uh, to survive. Uh, amen. Because God didn't want them to get satisfied. Uh, this is why they lived in tents and not in houses. Uh, because said, said uh, the wilderness is transitional amen survival is transitional it's never meant to be a permanent place Uh, amen don't build a house in the wilderness I don't know who I'm preaching to but don't build a house where you are because God doesn't want you to stay where you are it's don't don't plant, uh, Amen. Where you are, because God says you're not going to stay where you are. You're going to come out of survival mode, and I've got provision uh, that's beyond the provision you got right now. I've got something beyond survival. I've got growth for you. I've got revival for you. But you got to push for it. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Man, too many people get satisfied with barely surviving when God has promised them something that would cause them to thrive because it's easier to have free bread handed to you than to go out and work for the bread that is much better. Hallelujah. Hey listen I, I'm gonna I'm just going to tell you if you need assistance, take every bit of assistance you can get but don't stay there. Well praise God. Well, that's a little harsh. I've lived through it. I have experienced it myself. I am a recipient of governmental assistance. Amen. Through my childhood, that's how I survived. Uh, amen. But my parents got to a place where they got comfortable, amen, with us surviving by the government's provision. They had mistaken provision for provider. And, and now why work? Because if I work, it's only, uh, amen, going to cause me more pain. Amen. But they could have gone to another level of life. Uh, and I've seen people that have allowed themselves to stay at this level of life uh, when they have the potential to go way up here, uh, but because they're afraid to leave manna, because they're, a, well, because they're afraid to leave what they got, uh, they'll never get what they can have. But God sent a preacher to tell you there's more. There's more. There's more. You don't have to barely exist. You don't have to barely survive. God sent me to tell you there's more. There's more. Finally, what does God do to get them to go to the next level? The same thing he does all the time. The Bible says they step foot on the promised land and the manna stopped. God knows how to turn that old well and just make that old well dry because if you get it if you keep getting water even if it's muddy you'll keep getting muddy water from the well you've been digging from and you'll think man we're surviving we're doing all right amen but God says hey amen I'm gonna stop the manna and when he stopped the manna all of a sudden they had to go dig themselves a new well amen when God stopped the provision of manna they finally crossed over they went from one season into a next and God often uses that he has to shut some things off in our life amen that, that have been there, that have been provisioned for us, and God shuts them down. Amen. This is where some people, they wonder, amen, why is it that the job didn't work out? Because God's got a better job for you that you wouldn't, but you would have never quit the last one. You'd have never quit the last one. You'd have died there in the wilderness. But God said, I'm going to shut some things down. I'm going to shut some doors. I know there's a church Amen, at large that loves to shout about an open door and all sorts of open doors. But I've come to tell you, I shout too about every door God ever shut. I shout about every bit uh, of provision God's ever given me. But I want to tell you, I've matured in my faith to shout about every bit of provision that's ever shut down in my life. Uh, Because every bit of provision that's shut down in my life uh, led me to another season of greater, uh, a season of more, uh, a season of abundance. Uh, From survival to revival, God opened up new doors uh, by shutting old doors. Uh, Amen, I want to preach to somebody, uh, let God shut the door, get your foot out of the way let god shut the door so you can have more oh somebody ought to clap your hands and give God shout hallelujah can i preach to somebody don't be worried when friends leave you don't be afraid when jobs shut down when resources dry up it could be that god has a greater source a provision up ahead for you but if you don't let go of the last season you'll never have the next season Amen. In our text, we find they're in another transitional moment. Notice how this happens. There's seasons that happen, and I'll preach about that another time. But there's seasons that happen. Amen. Don't wear your parka in summer. Praise God. Well, let me just preach that again. Don't wear your parka in the summer, because when the season changes, there's something about you got to change. Hallelujah. You've got to have the right preparations for the next season. And, and the mindset you had in the last season will not get you into the next season hallelujah what got you here won't get you there and there's those moments where as amen as an individual as a family uh, as a church we've got to always be ready uh, for the moment that God says it's a seasonal shift Uh, it's a change uh, in the weather Uh, we've got to be prepared at a moment's notice uh, that God says uh, you're going to have to let go of some ideologies uh, and some things they worked then uh, but they won't work there Uh, and we've got to be willing uh, and have a growth mindset that says God uh, amen if you're moving us to a another season of life. We want to be ready for it. Amen. But in our text, we find generations have passed. The nation of Israel has entered the promised land. They've been there for a while. Amen. They began conquering surrounding nations, fulfilling God's promise. They were living in houses that they did not build. They were farming crops that they did not plant. However, there is now a major problem. They went from a season of conquering to a season of being conquered. Amen. They were living under the bondage of the Midianites. In the previous chapter, we see that God gave the Israelites into the hand of the enemy because of their continual disobedience. I've come to talk to somebody for a few moments today. You want to know, amen, what will constantly lead you into bondage? What will constantly lead you into moments, uh, amen, where you are not getting ahead? Uh, I want to help you here today. When you live in constant disobedience, uh, you will constantly live uh, in friction and constantly live in challenge and constantly live in struggle. Uh, disobedience will always lead you into greater bondage. Uh, amen, but I've got good news for you here today. Uh, amen, if this obedience leads you in obedience leads you out If disobeying God got you into the mess, obeying God's what's going to get you out of the mess. The equation's not that difficult, honey. You got to be willing and say, God, I know I messed up here, but today I'm repenting over it. I know I made a mistake, but God, today I'm going to get it right. Because when you get it right, God turns the captivity around. Amen. Israel went into survival mode. They could not see a day above survival. This was no ordinary bondage of the enemy. This was psychological bondage. Not only were they oppressed, amen, by the Midianites, by military force, they were oppressed psychologically because that's really what the enemy wants. He wants you to be in survival mode. And survival mode is not reality. I've come to preach to somebody this afternoon. Survival mode is not reality. Just because you're broke doesn't mean there's no money in the world. Praise God. Just because you're sick doesn't mean you can't get better. And there's this ideology that because of where I am, it can't get any better. Uh, Because of what I'm experiencing, it can't get any better. Uh, And I want to help somebody. Uh, It's a lie uh, from the enemy, uh, and he's trying to get in your head. The Bible says every time that Israel would produce crops or livestock, what would the enemy do? They would not just come and steal what they had. They would come and steal all that they wanted to eat as if it was a tax that would have been fine. But they didn't stop there. They took what they wanted and they burned what they didn't eat. Psychological warfare. Amen. Amen. They would take it, amen, so now there's already limited resources. Now there's already limited ability, and then they would burn. They would take it from bad to worse. They would take what was left and obliterate it and burn it. They would get rid of it, amen, and it was psychological warfare. This is where we find Gideon. He is threshing wheat at a wine press. Let me help somebody here today that's not a farmer or a Amen. A crop grower. You don't thresh wheat at a wine press. Some deep theology for some folks. You press grapes at a wine press. You thresh wheat at the threshing floor. There are places for things to happen. And there are places for things not to happen. Amen. Let me help somebody understand what this is saying to us through the scripture. All the way through your Bible, wine is a symbol of joy. Wine is a symbol of gladness and rejoicing. Amen. But all the way through the scriptures you will find that wheat is a symbol of survival. It is a symbol of substance and sustenance. Amen. It is bread. So what do we see here? Gideon is threshing wheat uh, at a wine press. Uh, In other words, uh, Gideon is surviving in a place where he should be rejoicing. Amen. He's in a place of pressure where he's sifting wheat when he should be be rejoicing. This should be a great task. Instead of doing it out in the public Amen, and just doing his job, he is hiding Amen, behind a wine press so the enemy doesn't see it, so other people don't see it. What is this? This is Gideon in survival mode. He thinks to himself, if I don't do what I gotta do to survive, the enemy's coming and he's gonna take what I've got and he's gonna destroy what little I've got left, and I've met people through the years that have lived their whole life behind a wine press, just barely surviving, living their life in church, amen, behind the church, just barely surviving, living behind the altar where they should be rejoicing, living behind the pew where they should be shouting, and they're barely making it, and barely surviving, but I've come to preach to you today, don't let the devil get in your head, you you're not supposed to just survive. Somebody ought to shout in this house. There's some folks going to another level today. There's some families going to another level. There's some families that are coming out of hiding. There's some families that are coming out from behind the wine press to rejoice with those that rejoice. Oh, somebody ought to lift up your hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray all across this house. Come on, let's pray. Hallelujah. I've come to preach this to somebody that's just surviving. Amen. I get it. I get it. Everything might be going wrong where you're living, but it doesn't have to stay that way. Don't let the devil hold you there. Somebody pray in this house. Hallelujah. The Bible declares Gideon is threshing wheat at a wine press. He is trying to survive where he was called to thrive. We see this pattern all the way through the scriptures. Gideon is meant for more, but he's living for less. And I've met people through the years that they they are they have so much more in them, but they settle for so little. That's survival mode. There's people with such great giftings and great callings. I'm not talking about some other church. I'm talking about right here. I'm I'm talking to the people that are in the building right now. You. You got such great potential. You could be great. You could go to another level. But the adversary knows that if he ever lets up on you, uh, you might actually start believing it. Well, praise God. If you ever start believing what you are capable of, the adversary will have no place in your life. If you ever start believing what God already believes about you, the adversary has no place in your family. If you ever start believing that you can get more than you got, you'll go get more than you got, and you'll have more than you had but the devil doesn't want you to do it and the devil says no no don't clap sit down shut up just survive hide yourself don't strive for more don't become more stay where you are but somebody needs to stand up in the face of hell and shout I will have revival Come on. I won't hide anymore. I won't hide what I am. I won't hide who I am. I won't hide what God's got in me. I got more in me. I got more in me by God. Amen. God calls the Gideon right where he is. See, the enemy wants to keep you where you are, but God is willing to speak to you where you are. I ought to give somebody some hope here today. Well, God, I've just been here for so long. God doesn't mind how long you've been there. What God minds is you stay in there longer than you should. He doesn't mind if it's been 10 years. He just doesn't want it to be 11. Hallelujah. He doesn't mind if you've been in a mess for a week. Just don't be in there two weeks. Amen. God comes by to Gideon. Amen. He sends the angel of the Lord and says, Gideon, what are you doing here? Well, I'm just, I'm just surviving, you know. It's tough where I'm living. God, God comes to him and says, all right, let's talk about that for a moment. And Gideon begins to just mope and complain about everything going on. Does he have a right? Absolutely, he's got a right. He's living an oppression that he probably didn't even start. He's living generations after somebody else's disobedience. And now he's having to survive through it. It's the only life he knows. And God appears to him And he's got a word for him. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. Think about how God sees us. I know how you see you. I know how the devil sees you. But have you ever stopped and considered how God sees you? He had never fought a battle, never waged a war, never won. We don't even know if he ever won a card game. And God comes to Gideon and says, you are a mighty man of valor. What made Gideon a mighty man of valor? Well, I got my opinion. I'll just put it out there. I want to tell you what I think makes Gideon a mighty man of valor above anyone else that was in Israel in that moment. He had something going on in his head that was different than what everybody else had. See, Gideon was doing everything else everybody else did, but he had something else going on up in his head that other people did not have. They had accepted it as status quo. They had accepted a life of survival. They had accepted this is just how it's always going to be. But inside the mind of Gideon, he had these thoughts. Where are the miracles that God will perform? Didn't God bring us up out of Egypt? Didn't God God say he could do it. God did it before. So maybe God can do it again. I come to preach to somebody. You need to get the devil out of your mind. You need to get the devil out of your thinking. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you this is all there is. Let God speak to you. There's more. There's more. He said, Lord, I don't know about that. He said, if God is with us, why is all this happening? See, he didn't have perfect theology. But he had something going on in his brain that said, wait, hold on. Isn't the God we serve powerful isn't the God we serve able to bring us out of bondage? Isn't the God we serve able, he's done it before. He, I've heard about it. I, I've, I've, even, I've heard people preach about it, talk about it. But now I want to see it. And look what God does. God looks down from him and doesn't rebuke him for his thought process or his seemingly negative mindset. It's not that. He's not accepting survival. He's done it. Everybody does it. But he is not accepting it as his lifestyle. He has done it, but he is not accepting it as where he will always be. You know the difference between people that are in survival mode and people that are in revival mode? I want to tell you there's no difference between me and you. There's only one thing that might be different, and it's right here. What's the difference uh, between somebody uh, that goes through hell and they come out purified as gold and the other person that goes through hell and ends up backsliding? I want to tell you, there's no difference uh, in their abilities. Uh, There's no difference uh, in their intelligence level. There's only a difference uh, in how they thought about uh, what they were going through. What's the difference between the preacher and the person that just doesn't think they can make it? I'll tell you what it is. It's that I've got a mindset that says it might be this way today, but it will not be this way tomorrow by the hand of God. I might be in this position right now, but I won't stay in this position. I might have been here for a while, but I won't stay here for the rest of this while. And God looks at Gideon and says, Gideon, I like that about you. Listen, you want to grow in God? You want to go to another level? You let God touch your mind. If everything is negative, if everything is just Oh, it's always going to be this way. Brother, it's always going to be that way. It will not get better. It will not change. But if you let God touch your mind and says, it is this way right now, but with God will get a hold of me, if God will help me, we will not stay in this position. Oh, come on, somebody. If you let God touch your mind, uh, amen, God will help you to see that there's another day coming. Uh, If you let God touch your mind, uh, amen, that mind will say, we might be here today, uh, but we won't be here tomorrow. Uh, That might be how it was last year, but that's not how it's going to be this year. If you let God touch your mind, he'll get you to strive for more. The difference is, are you in survival mode? Are you ready to shift into revival mode? Survival says, I'm just going to stay here and hide my little loaf of bread. And I'm going to hide my candle under a bushel. And I'm going to hide, 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 hide. But there comes a moment when God shows up to Gideon and says, Gideon, stop hiding. Gideon, come out from behind the wine press and do something about what you're going through. (laughs) Listen. We want God to do everything, but God will not do everything. God will speak to us about everything. But God will encourage us to move forward. Uh, God will encourage us, uh, amen, and God will propel us with a word. And that word comes by and says, uh, you do not have to stay right in this position. I've come to preach to somebody. You need to let the Holy Ghost talk to your mind. You need to let the Holy Ghost talk to your heart. And the Holy Ghost will tell you, uh, amen, you're a mighty individual. That if you will take, uh, amen, that discontented way of thinking uh, where it says, "I, I know we've been surviving, but I hate survival. Mode. Huh? I know we've been living this way, but I, I hate living this way. Huh? Hey, amen. You gotta get a holy huh? hey, amen discomfort huh? hey, amen for the things you've been accepting for all these years. Amen. We need to let God allow us to be uncomfortable in these things that we've just accepted. You know, when you first got into the mess, you didn't accept it. You were angry about it. But somewhere you let that anger die. You need to let that anger come back. Not anger at other people, anger at your situation. There's some people that they they lost their fight. Hey man, I want to I want to help somebody get their fight back here today. You know, there's some people. What it took for you to survive, God wants to convert that very energy to help you thrive. Hey, there's some folks. I, I'm just going to help somebody here today. I had one moment. There was a while, a years, a couple years back. I, I was having a pity party. I was going through it. Yeah, the pastor has those too. I was going through it. I was struck. I was like, God, what is all this? And I, I was thinking about everything was going on and, and the pressure that was surrounding. And, and I thought, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Uh, and I thought, man, I, I can't do this. Uh, I'm about to throw in the towel. Uh, and all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost checked me and started reminding me about being homeless. And started reminding me of where I came from and the hell I walked through. Uh, and I wanted to help somebody here to get their fight back. Uh, and I thought to my I, I rebuked myself uh, because I thought, how soft can you get? Uh, you gotta get I, I I didn't have no bootstraps, but I started pulling myself up by them and said, I will not have this mindset any longer. The God that brought me out of all of this mountainous trouble is the God that will get me out of this little anthill that I've been worshiping and that I've been saying is so big. God that brought me out of all of this is going to bring me out of this as well. Somebody needs to get their fight back that says I've been through too much and I've experienced too much to let this little thing trip me up. Let's stand across the bed lift up our hands. Come on, let's pray all across this house. There's somebody that's going to go from survival mode to revival mode. You're going to let God touch your mind tonight. You're going to let God touch your heart. You're going to say, God, amen, I've been living through this, but I've already been through so much bad stuff that, God, I'm going to get through this too. You brought me through so many things. You're going to bring me through this as well. Let's pray. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. Come on, there's a mentality that says there's more. And God is looking down from heaven saying, there's that little spark in you that says there's more. Let me throw some gasoline on it. There's that little spark in you that says there's something else. I can go beyond this, and I'm going to put some gasoline on that fire. There is a spark in somebody here today that says, I don't want to accept this as normal. And God sent a preacher to put a little bit of gasoline on your fire. What did God say to Gideon after he called him? He said, Gideon, I like the way you're thinking. You are not thinking that this is permanent. You are not thinking that this is an impossible situation. He even referenced back to everything that Israel had been brought out of. He said, the God that brought him out of this is not lining up with what we are experiencing today. And God speaks to Gideon. I love what he says. Go in this thy might. What might? I want to tell you what that might was. The mindset that said this is unacceptable. I come to help somebody here today. You need to stop accepting some things. Well, it just is what it is. I rebuke that. That phrase is not in the Bible. Stop. You quote that more than scripture. It is what it is. Hey, listen, I've been there too. I've said it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, but it will be different. It has to be different. I will not settle until it's different. See when you know when change really happens? I'll tell you when change really happens when people stop accepting things as normal. You want to know what change happens in a family? When you stop accepting things in the family that were usually that were you that you were used to that you called normal, acceptable. What happens? How do you change? You change the standard of acceptability. I know that's real deep right there. If the level was here and you want to go here, what do you do? You change what is acceptable. And you say, God, I will not keep the level here. And because what's going to happen, we're going to keep living here. But Gideon said, I, I'm tired of threshing wheat behind a wine press. I'm tired. I am so tired of coming, amen, and just barely making it in my life and barely making it. There's some people all week long, you've been struggling in your mind. And you've been struggling in your heart. You've been surviving. And if I could just get through this. and The problem is you've been just getting through this for 40 years. At what point are you going to live your life instead of just letting life pass you by? What point are you going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm done just letting life happen? I'm gonna start making life happen. I'm done letting the enemy come in and just take whatever he wants and just bowing, okay, whatever you say. I had joy today, and the enemy comes by with just one little thing, and well, I'll just give him my joy. No, somewhere you gotta start saying, that is unacceptable to me. Stand your ground, put your foot down, and say, no, devil, this is no longer acceptable. Now, do you think for one second the devil's just going to accept that? No, he's going to fight you. But you got to make that mentality that says, no. I'll never forget, I went to church, barely got to church, and got invited over to some folks' house and looked around. You know, let me just help somebody here today. It's not in my notes, but how you live at home makes a big difference. It really does. Because it was one of the things that really convinced me to be a Christian. So I went to somebody else's home, an apostolic person's home, and I started looking around. And it was clean. For those that don't believe, you should clean your house. Clean your house. Amen. It's not fun. Nobody likes dishes. I hate dishes. But we got to wash them, you know. I mow my lawn. Not a fan of it, but you got to do it. And and, and I went, and things were in order. And there was no, nobody was cussing anybody out. I thought, that's not normal <laughs> nobody's nobody's getting high nobody's drinking nobody's nobody's yelling and no ashtrays are being thrown and I thought that's not normal but then I went to the next saints house and it was pretty similar no TV blaring and nobody cussing each other out and no nobody passing the bong around you know I just Man, this is not normal. Till I went to the next person's house, I started getting the pattern. And <laughs> when in that moment I looked, I thought, no, 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 this is normal. What I've been accepting is not normal. Don't let the world tell you that that is normal, that dysfunction is normal. I want you to get in the Word of God and let the Word of God illuminate what really should be normal. And I remember going back home and thinking, no, this ain't normal. This ain't normal. This ain't normal. This ain't normal. What happened? I started getting discontent. Uh, amen. Something started saying, I got to change something. Uh, I got I to do something. Uh, amen. And I want to help somebody here today. Uh, God will empower you. Uh, amen. If you want more, God will empower you for more. Uh, if you want to go to another level, God will empower you to get to that other level. He said, Gideon, the fact that you don't want to accept this as normal, you don't want to accept survival mode, is the very reason I'm calling you to bring about a nationwide revival. Did you know you could be the catalyst in your home? You could be the catalyst in your family. You can be the catalyst in this church that says it's not going to be acceptable any longer. Church as usual. Is not acceptable any longer. Just barely living for God is not acceptable any longer. I'm done coming and getting bread on Sunday and feeling hungry on Monday morning. I'm going to find a way to fight back the enemy in my life through the hand of God. I'm going to find a way through the help of God to fight for my revival. And that's exactly what Gideon did. He didn't do it by might nor by power. He did it by the Lord's spirit. He didn't, he, he said, Lord, you could deliver by many or by few. It doesn't matter how many you got, 300 or thirty 30,000. All God needed was a few folk that had the same mindset. You want to know what's going to bring great revival to this church and to this region? It's if we all get the one mind and one accord, one mindset that says, Oh, God, thank you for what you've done. But, Lord, we're not accepting it as being done. Thank you for what you have done, but we're going forward to a better day, to another level. Somebody lift up your hands all across this house and let's pray. Come on, when God gathers a group of people with a mentality that says there's got to be more. There's got to be more for my family. There's got to be more for my kids. There's got to be more for my walk with God. There's got to be more for my business. There's got to be more for my job. There's got to be more. Come on, when you get that mentality, God will surround you with other people, Gideon, that got the same mentality, and God will use you, and God will use those people to bring revival where all they had was survival. Come on, somebody pray in this house. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on. Come on, what do you got to do? What's the answer, preacher? You need to say, God, touch my mind tonight. God, touched my mind. I've accepted some things, but Lord, God, help me to change my mind about it. I no longer accept that. Amen. God, I've just accepted this is how it's going to be. But today, I'm going to make a declaration. It might have been how it's been, but it will not be this way if you'll help me, Lord. I I want to open up this altar. Would you come and pray? Come on, if you're coming, what are you saying? Amen, I don't accept normal anymore. I don't accept, uh, amen, survival. I'm moving to another level. I'm, I'm going to another level in God. I'm going to another level. My family's going to another level. My marriage is going to another level. My kids are going to another level. What are you saying when you come to this altar? You're saying we will have personal revival. We will thrive. We will not barely survive. We will thrive. We will press for every blessing God's got. We will press for every good thing God has. We will not settle for less than what God has promised.
1: Come on. Don't settle for manna.
0: God's got fields. Don't settle for a tent. Got houses you didn't build. Don't settle for just not getting divorced. Amen. Settle. Amen. Strive for a happy marriage, for a holy marriage.
1: Walking around these walls, I thought by now but you have never failed me
0: come on that's it all across this house
1: would you lift up your voice
0: and pray come on this is an opportunity to say god i i don't want to i don't want to stay where i am but god i know you got more for me that's not to say you're bad where you are it's just to say there's more where you're going
1: Fail me
0: Come on, you don't have to feel guilty for where you are. Just say, God, I know you got more for me.
1: Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness.